This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the eighth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my word in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the community of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. I grew up watching Yogi Berra play for the New York Yankees. Famous as a player, he was also famous for the crazy things he said. For example, baseball is 90% mental, The other half is physical. (laughs) And again, the trouble with predicting the future is that it hasn't happened yet. But one of his most famous sayings of all is, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. (laughs) Now, in our gospel for today, we have Jesus at a fork in the road. As the drama of this moment plays itself out, we see Jesus in the throes of a fateful decision, one that draws in Peter, the disciples, and us. Jesus sets the stage for what follows by asking who people say that he is. And people say a number of different things, but Jesus presses, but who do you, my disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter is on target. You are the Messiah. Jesus then proceeds to teach them about the suffering, death, and resurrection that were to follow. 
and Peter rebukes him vehemently. Now, it is important to note that Peter's conviction that Jesus was the Messiah would not have meant at that time that he thought Jesus was divine, the Son of God. That would come later. The long-expected Messiah, instead, was not a divine figure, but a kingly figure like David who would deliver Israel from its enemies and restore its glory. The idea of a crucified Messiah at the hands of Israel's enemies was simply unthinkable. Well, was Peter's rebuke also because of his love for Jesus and his horror at the thought of such suffering? Perhaps. But more likely, it was because Peter, like others, believed that this was not what the Messiah, a king like David, was supposed to do. And therefore, accepting such a fate would be a betrayal of his followers. Jesus was at a fork in the road. And he had determined it was his vocation from God to take the road to Jerusalem, where he knew it was likely that he would die. Did Jesus struggle with this decision? Well, we know how hard he prayed about it in the Garden of Gethsemane. It could, have not, could not have been an easy choice. Jesus rebukes Peter for his protest, get behind me, Satan. Now, he was not calling Peter Satan, but rather Peter's understandable response is the very temptation, the very sort of temptation that Satan would put before him to take the path at the fork of the road that leads away from the way of the cross. It echoes the very temptations Jesus faced in the wilderness where Satan offered him, as my mother would have put it, the world with a fence around it, if he would worship him. But now things are getting closer to the fateful day. The sharpness of his rebuke to Peter, it seems to me, reveals the human Jesus, a man reacting strongly because he knows how terribly appealing this temptation is. Surely we all know what it's like to face appealing and alluring choices that are oh so tempting when we know deep down they are wrong. We know about how we might rationalize giving in to that temptation. It's really not that bad, is it? I mean, it won't really hurt anybody, will it? And most vexing of all it is that sometimes the wrong choice is still a decent choice, even though not the harder and best choice. When we get turned inside out in life by the struggles to be faithful, Jesus knows all about it. He was there. Now the funny thing about Yogi's saying is that in the context in which he said it, it actually made sense. He was giving directions to a friend on how to get to his house. Either road taken at the fork would get you there, and both were the same distance from it. So if you came to the fork in the road, take it. There was really no meaningful choice. You get there either way. Jesus came to the fork in the road of his life and work, but all paths led to Jerusalem. 
All paths were the way of the cross. He really had no choice. This was his destiny and fate. Now Jesus draws us all in to his destiny. He calls us to take up our cross and follow him. If anyone would save his or her life, they would lose it, but those who are prepared to lose their life for the sake of the gospel will save it. Pretty daunting words. What does it mean to walk the way of the cross for the sake of the gospel? Well, it's an invitation, first of all, to know Jesus better and better and to seek him as your companion throughout life. We have been sealed with the cross in baptism. We make the sign of the cross as an expression of devotion and identity with Jesus. And even as we seek him, he has made himself our companion as the gift of his grace. And it is ours now to live this blessing as he makes himself known to us through his word. And what does that word tell us? In going to the cross, Jesus defeated evil by suffering its worst. It was an act of perfect freedom, born of unfathomable love. And by his free act of suffering and victory through suffering, he has set us free to follow him, set free from the fear of divine condemnation and the need for self-justification. We are free to embrace his teachings and bind ourselves to others in love. Jesus taught that disciples should turn the other cheek, love even their enemies, go the extra mile, and give the cloak as well as the coat. These were acts of freedom in the context of life under Roman rule. As Jesus was free to submit to the worst of Rome's cruelties, knowing they could not destroy him, so the followers of Jesus are free to submit to their injustices and do even more than is demanded. If a soldier forces you to carry something for a mile, go the extra mile to show that they are free from strict obedience to the rule, free to do in love as Jesus has taught them. It was a sign that they were not subject to Rome's rule, but only to God who has overruled the powers of the earth. Well, our context is vastly different but the principle that love does, does more than what is demanded remains. We are, and we are still challenged to love the unlovable. We still live with injustices around us, cruelty and bigotry. We are called to oppose such perversity, but not with a desperate, vengeful spirit fulminating with hatred, but with the righteous anger of servants willing in love for the world Christ has redeemed to extend ourselves and our resources for the greater good. Sometimes this will even involve suffering the wrath of those we must in conscience oppose. Sometimes it will mean a career setback because, because, the co because cooperation with those in charge is simply wrong. Sometimes it will mean a heart-rending struggle to discern what is right what is right to do when choices are murky at best, a struggle one has because one follows the way of the cross and is committed to being faithful to the Lord and his word. 
And we ask, why? Why must I make this choice? No matter what I do, it will haunt me forever. Yet we bear the cross of making a faithful choice, knowing Christ has borne the cross for us and is with us on the way. Sometimes we suffer the pain of seeing what we may think is a culture and society whose values have gone awry, and we may feel like retreating into our own little world of family and friends. But the way of the cross is not a way of retreat. And the cross sheds light on the reality of our broken world. It lightens our darkness so we can see things as they truly are. It is a laser beam of truth in a world grown accustomed to lies. The way of the cross is the way of truth. It beckons us to be servants of truth. We are free to engage the truth of our darkness, expose it for what it is, make our witness as individuals doing simple acts of love, and as a community witnessing against those who would destroy lives and land out of greed and self-interest. This is the way of the cross. This is witness to the Christ who brings grace, forgiveness, and new life amidst the squalor of human malevolence. It is the witness of indomitable hope. The final stanza of Robert Frost's poem seems to fit. He wrote, I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Jesus calls us to take the road less traveled, the way of the cross. But he also assures us that he will be with us step for step on that road all the way to the final Easter. This makes all the difference. Thanks be to God. Amen.